right then, hi guys, how's it going? Welcome to Monday, Monday night's deep dive, Monday the 17th of August. And um, it's great to be jumping in again on a deep dive. Uh, for those of you who've never done one before, uh, it's nothing to do with... Um, <laughs> it's nothing to do with anything marine-based. It's nothing to do with aqua sports or anything like this. It's all to do with just taking a, a breaking down the message a little bit deeper than we did on on Sunday night. We do a, a twenty minute or so, twenty five minutes, sometimes a bit longer, a short talk on the Sunday, and then on the Monday, what we do is break it down just a little bit deeper, and then have anybody ask some questions. So it's good to see if you guys join in. Good to speak with you guys and uh, do uh, use the question function if you've got any questions at all about the Holy Spirit. We're going to be on for uh, maybe an hour. I don't know if it'll be as long as an hour tonight. And um, so, yeah, it's good to see you guys. I see some of you have already uh, signed up for the webinar on Wednesday, which is great. It's good to see you. And um, tonight we're going to be continuing our series on the Holy Spirit going to be looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Hi, Mom. And uh, we're going to be looking at um, just breaking down why we need them, why they're so exciting, why they're so, like, blooming great and so necessary and so helpful and and helping you take some steps towards maybe finding out what they are for you and unpacking some myths and busting some legends and hopefully trying to uh, bring some help and some... Um, uh, good doctrine to it all, really, because um, if you've grown up in church, um, you, you've you probably heard all kinds of craziness and probably seen, unfortunately, all kinds of craziness to do with the Holy Spirit. And um, I want you to know that tonight that the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is not a ghost. Um, that's a translation that somebody's, it's just the best translation is so difficult to explain God as we've talked about previously it's really difficult to explain God in language uh, with our the constraints of our language in ways that we can understand and wrap our heads around and of course we can wrap our heads around God because if we could wrap our heads around God we would be God that would that's what makes him God is that he's unfathomable he, we don't understand all his ways and we don't understand we don't have language to describe who he is but we uh, so we reach for metaphor and we reach for pictures word pictures that try and help us explain who the Holy Spirit or who God is to us so some of the things need retranslating or re framing for today's culture when we think of a ghost i just think of casper the friendly ghost or i think of ghostbusters and neither of those are particularly helpful when it comes to talking about who the holy spirit is so um the holy spirit is a person the holy spirit is not a um like a um a flighty sort of feeling the holy spirit is not a, uh, um necessarily like He's certainly nothing to be scared of. He's no, he, he is God. And anything that comes from God, Scripture teaches us, anything that God gives us as a gift is to be trusted and to be welcomed. So even if you've had a bad experience with people talking about the Holy Spirit or you've seen some things that have been going around, I want to encourage you like so strongly tonight is that the Holy Spirit is God and the Holy Spirit is, is the counselor, the comforter, the helper that God gives us to walk alongside us. He comforts us when we go wrong and when we're in trouble. He redirects us. He's called the spirit of truth. He's called, he, he is the enabler. He's the divine enabler. He's the ruach, which is a, a Hebrew word, which is like the wind or the breath or the energy of God in us. And so um, if you've had a bad experience with the Holy Spirit, I don't think you've had a bad experience with the Holy Spirit. I think you've probably had a bad experience with the church. And I think many of us have had bad experiences or difficult experiences in church. And so what we want to do tonight is just unpack, um, demystify in one sense and on the same sense, honor who the Holy Spirit is. And then encourage you to begin, like Paul says in Corinthians, eagerly desire, one translation says, um, to crave after the spiritual gifts. Why? Because they're a gift of the Holy Spirit that He gives us, and um, we're going to go through that tonight. We're going to. I want you to leave this 
little chat we're going to have. Really excited, hopefully encouraged. I want you to feel like you have a, there's a way forward for you and that maybe if some things haven't worked out in the past like you wanted them to, to do with things of the spirit, um, that you, you, you know, you, you maybe have heard something that would mm, help you to move forward helpfully into the future. So hope that helps. Um, we looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 and 2, 11. And so I'm going to jump in there. This is the famous passage that Paul is talking to the Corinthian church. If you remember the Corinthian church, only about 50 people, most theologians say, and um, having a hard time coming out of the Corinthian culture, which was multi-gods, all kinds of uh, lifestyle stuff, let's put it that way, that, um, that, that isn't fit for people of God to continue in. And so uh, Paul is laying down some ground rules in 1 Corinthians 12 because the Corinthian church really believed that, the, um, the Corinthian church really believed that, uh, or the Corinthians as a society believed that uh, there were lots of gods and lots of spirits and they were kind of like oh, oh, always sacrificing to one thing and another. And so God, and so Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is making the point that there is one Lord. And we say that in the, if you know, the Apostles' Creed or the, the creed or the, you know, the basis upon which our, um, our Christian faith is, is built upon um, is the, there is one Lord, one Father of all, one Spirit, one giver of life is the Holy Spirit's name. And so Paul is teaching these guys here that there's the spirit of life is not many spirits. So the gifts are many, but the spirit is from one God. And uh, he's talking about, then he goes on to talk about them being in one body, but many parts. And he's, so he's using, uh, like scripture does in such a helpful way, he's using word pictures again. He's using metaphor um, to explain the power of the spiritual gifts and the oneness of who we are in Christ. There's two words for church that we use, ecclesia, um, God's people, and koinos, which is a, a, another translation, which um, includes uh, the gathered people of God. And so, um, yeah, we could get on to, I love church stuff, ecclesiology it's called when you study church, what church is and what it isn't. And um, anyway, Paul is one of the best at explaining what a church should look like. And so in Corinthians chapter 12, he says, uh, I think we'll go 7 11. Uh, yep, here we go. We'll hop around a little bit. I see that thanks already. Two questions have come in. That's great. So a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. Uh, to one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice or wisdom. Um, to another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. Uh, he gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts he alone decides which gift each person should have so this is a kind of very uh, kind of cornerstone scripture when it comes to spiritual gifts there are others which we'll look at but there are um most people would say there are in scripture um there are something like 27 gifts identified some in ephesians chapter 5 uh where um there's paul is talking to the ephesian church about spiritual gifts and some in romans as well and then dotted throughout the new testament letters that paul writes there are 27 separate gifts that are represented and some people say and i i mean this isn't in the bible but this is I can kind of I can kind of understand why um, people would believe this, and so I'm not saying it's in scripture, but I am saying it's worth thinking about. Is that those are the only the the gifts that could be identified at that time, and that who knows how many other kinds of gifts the Holy Spirit has given to people throughout the ages, supernatural divine enablement to get the job done that Jesus has asked us to do. If you think about the world we live in now, we need to broaden our definitions of what a pastor is. Do we know what a pastor is? Everybody, you know, people try to call me Pastor Matt and all of this. Like, it's, what does that mean? Like, what is that? And, and we'll break that down. But but the idea is like, do we know what we're saying when we're saying these things? Do we understand why we're, why we're using these terms? Do we understand what these words mean? Um, 
in truth, I'm not a pastor. I have um, pastor is a is kind of like a function within the fivefold ministry of uh, the the. Oh, are you not a pastor? No, I'm not a pastor. I'm a church planter. I'm a, I'm a pioneer. If you like, if if I'm anything, I'm more closely linked to an apostolic person than I am a pastor, but I don't use any of those titles. Why? Because it don't mean nothing to nobody in the northern quarter of Manchester, and it don't mean nothing to nobody um, it, 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 online. Nobody gives a rip what your name is. It's only church people. And then we get behind evangelist this and apostle that, and it becomes a distraction. And it becomes a title and it becomes a badge and it becomes something that we, we shouldn't need to tell people what we are. We should be able to demonstrate. We should be able to demonstrate what a, um, what, what we're doing. You should, you know, um, we'll go through some of those offices and different things. A church planter is closely linked, more closely linked to an apostle, an apostolic gift than it is to do with a pastoral and a shepherd gift. So we'll explain that another time. That's for a fivefold ministry chat. Claire is Claire is much strongly she's way more strongly towards an evangelist than she is anything else. She loves to broadcast. Her greatest joy is to broadcast and to gather people. She's a genius at it. She's anointed at it. Her per, her personal her personal uh, social media and the the kingdom company reach which has gone crazy big compared to the size of church that we actually are is a large part of you because she's an ev- she's got an evangelistic gifting and blessing from the Holy Spirit, and that's what she cracks on with, and so God blesses her. I could say the same thing that Claire says, and it doesn't doesn't work as well as when Claire says it in an evangelistic context because she's she's gifted in an evangelistic way by the Holy Spirit, and you don't need to fight for a title or a position. When the Holy Spirit has given you a gift, what will happen is the gifts will speak for themselves. The the, the blessing or the or the, the the thing that will let you know one of the ways you'll know that you're gifted in that area is one of, is is because you you're fruitful in that area, right? Is you have an energy and a supply. So Claire's way more an evangelistic person. Um, you know, there's all kinds of tests you can take, and some of those are really, really helpful. And um, and, and but the, nothing is as um, nothing is set in stone. It's the spirits, as it says in that scripture. There, it's the spirits' enablement. It's the spirits' empowerment to uh, to to give the gifts. And I would say, in my own personal life, and I've seen it in the lives of others, as we grow in our spiritual gifts. There's many times that he gives us more or different spiritual gifts depending on the thing that we need to do. So I was running, Mick Claire and I were running a pastoral department at Life Church, but I, I was a, I am a leader more than I am a pastor. If you look at scriptural definitions, um, pastors by their nature are much more um, gentle, they're much more um, shepherdly, they care about um they're more patient, they're more um, gentle in nature, they're more with the people. Um, and what used to, I used to labor under this tag of pastor and pretend that I think I have to be a pastor. And, and, and I'm, I'm not that guy. Like, I love people, don't get me wrong. And I have a pastoral ability, but I can point you right now to five better pastors than me. Right. And and what happens is once we know what God's gifted us to do and the spiritual gifts that he's endowed us with, we can some we can learn to resist other people's labeling of us, which personally for me has been a real problem over the years. Because I'm quite a naive person in many ways, and I can be very I can be over trusting of people at times. And what I don't always see people's agendas and some of the things that people have tried to label me with is not me. And I've realized that sometimes I've worn badges that don't belong to me. I've uh, behaved in ways that are only to prove myself to other people. They're nothing to do with what God's asked me to do. Does that make sense? Anytime that I try and punch through something and create something new, any try I'm, I pioneer something or try something that hasn't been done before, I'm in my sweet spot. Anytime I try and do something that's repetitious and we've been doing it for nine months, I, I'm awful at it. I've got no grace for that whatsoever. 
I've got no charisma, charis, the grace of God for it. I've got no charis, no charisma for that at all whatsoever. I've got, I've got the grace for pushing and cracking on and trying something new. And, 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 and it's the Holy Spirit who's had to teach me. You don't need to repeat yourself to prove yourself to other people. You don't have to earn the right to do that. You just need to crack on and do what I've asked you to do. There are other people who are comfortable in the management and the running of things. I need you to be you. And I want to say to you tonight that God needs you to be you. God needs you to be you. And um, with all of your spiritual gifts, with everything that you're called to do. Um, <laughs> so if you're a troublemaker and you keep starting things and they keep blowing up and, you know, especially for people who, who are, you seem to upset people in church world and you don't understand why. Listen, God's not forgotten about you. God, don't... <laughs> don't panic don't worry there's a lot of churches that look very similar in culture because there are a lot of the same types of and my my contention is there are a lot of the same kinds of gifts in operation and what we have to do in church what we have to do in churches is make space for all of the kinds of gifts of god and some of those gifts and those callings rub each other up the wrong way right Evangelists usually rub up pastors the wrong way because evangelists, Claire is all about how many people can I reach? How many people can I reach? How can I make you better for everyone? How can we all go there? And pastors often worry about individual people and often are concerned about the way individual people are treated. Prophets usually want something done right and they are ticked off when there's an injustice and they're going to get feisty and they're going to get fiery. And often people like myself have to sit kind of like and watch it all happen and try and make sure that there's enough chaos that we're moving forward, but there's not enough, there's not too much chaos that we're hurting and, 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 denigrating what the holy spirit wants to do it's crazy but there is a place for every single person and so if you've not found a fit in church if you've not found a place in church if you've not found an allowance for the way that god has made you or created you to be then i hope that this session and this holy spirit talk is going to really help you understand that 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 yeah as chris has put there is no cookie cutter there is no teaching in christians he's created us to be unique he's created us to be um and he has a place for you. He has a, a he has he has a purpose for you, no matter where you are and where you feel that you are right now. Um, 23, 24 years ago, I was um, living in Liverpool, um, terrified to go out of the house, just eating bread and satsumas. My life was going like backwards. It was awful. It was an awful, awful time. And if you'd have told me then what I'm doing now, I would have, I would have punched you in the face probably i, I just thought i thought you you were insane and that is sometimes what the holy spirit will do he, he will restore and renew people and move in their lives and then do something extraordinary with them and in and amongst the brokenness of their lives to do something to affect people so that people can look at people like me and say if he can do it if he can do it then i can definitely do something yeah so there are at least 27 different functions or gifts of the Holy Spirit that are created in the New Testament, um, uh, in the New Testament church. And then I'm going to jump in and ask these, answer these questions. There's a gift of wisdom. And again, this isn't just being smart with the stock exchange. This is a divine wisdom where you go, dang, man. <laughs> this is a deep bit, but Liverpool has that effect. I actually love Liverpool, even as a Manchester United fan, I love Liverpool deeply. Um, and it was more to do with the state of mind that I was in than it was to do with the city itself. Um, a message of knowledge or words of knowledge. So we've been praying for people on Friday and Saturday nights, me and Claire, and I have a gift of, of the words of knowledge. And so God, as we pray for people, you might have this as well. And if you don't have it and you'd like it, you can pray for it. Then God will give you a picture or a scene or a word in your mind and you and you learn how to deliver that to that person that's for the strengthening and the encouragement of that person who's listening and uh, we, we've had some fun over the last couple of weekends praying for people and god's been given somebody gave me a, a a passage of scripture to encourage me tonight i was praying for you 
<laughs> I was praying for you tonight, they said, and I just was praying this scripture, and I feel like God's going to do this. And I'm like, thank you so much. That's such a strengthening and an encouragement. So that's the goal of faith, a divine gift of faith. I have faith for Kingdom Company, right? And you would want me to have faith for Kingdom Company. And that, that's what God's asked me to do. Gifts of healing. If you ever pray for somebody and they've got miraculous to heal, it's important if you're if you're a person who, who has a gift of healing that you're praying for sick people. That you're cracking on with that because it's because you have a special gifting and a special grace by the power of the Holy Spirit to uh, pray for those people. Now we are all supposed to pray for people. Jesus said, pray, "You will pray for the sick and they will recover." But there's some people who have a, a special gift for that uh, prayer of healing. I know a couple of people who have that gift. And when they pray, people get healed in kind of more than when I pray for them. I really want the gift of healing. I've got to be honest. But um, I just pray in faith. <laughs> Miraculous powers, stuff happens. Like You'll notice if you read the book of Acts, right? It's great. As soon as Pentecost happens, which was the first time the Holy Spirit was shared with everybody, people start speaking in, in languages and different dialects to communicate the gospel. And then all kinds of miraculous things happen. All kinds of miraculous things happen. It all kicks off as heaven comes to earth. And that is exactly what the Holy Spirit wants to do in yours and mine situation is as he comes to live within us and he has given us divine enablement to do what he's asked us to do. Then what's going to happen is it's going to kick off. Things are going to change according to the grace of God that's within you and I. So it'll be different for you and it'll be different for me and you'll be fruitful in a way that I won't be and I'll be fruitful in a way that you won't be. But the Holy Spirit's been given to everybody so that everybody can take part in the extension and the expansion of the kingdom of God on earth. But what happens is miraculous powers. Paul and Peter, their shadow begins to heal people. Paul prays for a handkerchief, gives it to a guy, and they just take a handkerchief off Paul and give it to a sick person, and that sick person recovers. That is a miracle. People get healed from like lifetime illnesses, jump up on their feet. It's a miracle. Miraculous powers. God wants to give us miraculous powers, not so that we can build a like, you know, a global like swaggy ministry for ourselves but that we we can impact community and society he wants us he, he's passionate about that god is in global expansion business there's nothing small thinking about god there's the gift of prophecy which is to strengthen and to encourage and to exhort each other prophecy in the old testament is different to what it is in the new testament prophecy in the new testament is to foretell is to speak about the future is to create the future as well not just to foretell but to foretell so so we speak this into into by the by the power of the gospel within me and according to the word of god i prophesied this thing i um i i prayed for a guy once when he was super super sick and god gave me this picture this this scripture you will live and not die you will live and not die it's in psalms and the guy was pretty pretty ropey at the time but i felt such a strong thing to begin to prophesy life and health over him and um i can't say it was you know i that's just what the Holy Spirit led me to do. And it was nothing weird. And I didn't say, thus saith the Lord, and start and go into it and go my eyes roll back into my head and I levitate six feet off the ground. I just I just declared it with strength. And as we all prayed for him, we all declared it with strength. Why? Because it's the word of God, which is living and active. And when we begin to prophesy, we begin to, it's, it's more than just saying things. Prophesy has got some faith behind it. It's got some oomph behind it. Is when we say, things that are true they resonate in heaven and the holy spirit blesses and enables and empowers our words to have an amazing effect in and of people's life honestly prophecy is powerful distinguishing between spirits you can have a discernment between between where things come from where they come from god or where they don't come from god speaking in different tongues somebody asked me do i speak in tongues yes i do speak in tongues and the, the that's called the baptism of the holy spirit and i actually realized we hadn't actually covered the baptism of the holy spirit but to be baptized in the holy spirit is often confirmed by speaking in other tongues and scripture teaches us it's two separate ways that that is for it's for the our personal edification, which means to strengthen us when we're lagging or we don't know what to pray. I speak in tongues. In fact, there's a person on this screen who uh, was received the gift of tongues um, in a life group that me and Claire used to run and spontaneously started speaking in tongues. It was amazing. I don't know if you remember that. I won't embarrass you. But it was so cool. And uh, And I remember her husband... 
oops, giving it to an island. Their partner <laughs> did not know what it was, and so we had to explain to their partner that this is called the gift of tongues, and and the Holy Spirit just just blessed that person with with a, with the gift of tongues. And so, if you want the gift of tongues, pray and ask the Holy Spirit. We will create a little bit of moment at the end um, where we can pray for you to receive the gift of tongues. The interpretation of tongues, which many of us haven't seen, but there's times where in a meeting somebody or in a, in a small group, somebody will speak out in, in, in this spiritual language called tongues and somebody else will, will interpret that by the Holy Spirit. And it's a divine way that God wants to speak to his people for their strengthening and for their, uh, for their benefit and for their encouragement. There's uh, serving. Some people have got an amazing capacity to serve. Some people have got an amazing capacity to, like, so say, for example, they'll walk into a restaurant or they'll walk into a, um, an environment, say, with other people, and then they'll notice the chairs are crooked. They'll notice that uh, the tables cloths are all wonky and creased they'll notice that the lighting isn't good they've got this amazing ability to see and spot things somebody else walk into the same restaurant and they'll spot somebody who's lonely they'll just have a sense that person's lonely that person looks sad they'll see a married couple i think oh my gosh i need to pray for that person somebody else walk into the restaurant all this is going on they don't see any of that they just can't wait to pay somebody's bill because they've got the gift of giving See how it works? See, imagine if those three gifts are in operation all at the same time. Imagine that restaurant, how blessed that restaurant's going to be. And it can be amazing. That's just three gifts. But imagine if you and I now, imagine if you walked into a place tomorrow, if you went to work tomorrow, and you knew what God had gifted you to do, and you knew that you could affect your office or your work environment by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you can. Great teaching teaching something that i love to do um encouraging something that i love to do encouraging it's a powerful encouragement it's not a do you know what you've done really good there it's a powerful strengthening kind of encouragement one translation calls it exhortation which is like um which is like when you get coached by a really good coach and they tell you what you did really well and you're so moved and impacted by what they said, there's like a grace of the Holy Spirit on it. It's called encouragement. It's not just, uh, thank you so much for my present at Christmas. It's something divine, something with an ability. And those, many of us who are leaders, um, we need to reach for that gift because it's a powerful thing right now. Giving. People just high nay. People just love to give. There's people who love to give. Some people I know make money to give it away, and they've created trusts and 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 uh, they've give they've created um, organization to be able to give away the, the many many <laughs> the, the great deal of money that they make. But you wouldn't know if you met them. They don't Gucci it up. There's nothing. They're not they're not bling whatsoever. You wouldn't know that they were wealthy by looking at them. They are, they have a great deal of responsibility in the area of finance and they cannot wait to give it away. They have the gift of giving and they've been faithful with it over the years. They have, people have a gift of leading and leadership, old school stuff and showing mercy, man, showing mercy. People like, you know, there's, I've met a lady in Northern Ireland. She goes out pretty much every year um, to those, um, she goes out to the Mediterranean, I forget which country it is, and she, she visits with, she's a, she's a nurse and she visits with those refugees in the plastic cities that they have out in the Mediterranean there. And it's so dangerous. And she couldn't give a rip. She's there. She loves it. She saves up her money for the, the year so that she can go as often as she can. And if you meet her, she'll invite you to come with her. <laughs> Honestly, she's got this mercy gift. Um, you probably know somebody who has that gift. So there's many, many other things that we could talk about. Let's get into a few questions. Um, let's hope they're appropriate. Yeah, yeah, cool, 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 cool. That is a great question. There's some beauties in here. That's a bit. Let's go for this one. This is great, Chris. Are you ever reluctant to move in the gifts you have? I know it often happens to me where I'm not in the mood. Mate, that is such an honest observation. Totally. And the reason is because 
I think for me, I don't know about you, Chris, but like that's such a good, uh, I, I just love that. Are you ever reluctant to move in the gifts you have? Yes, because I know it's going to cost me to do it. And, um, <laughs> and I know that at something will leave me. Like Jesus said, who touched my hem of my garment? Like something's left me. Power is drain, it's draining. It's draining for us to operate in that. But it doesn't cost us nothing. It isn't easy and it isn't free. People who say, oh, like, you know, I lead worship and do these conferences and stuff. It's exhausting. Exhausting. And um, I used to just basically get fit so that I can, I would just do T25 and go to the gym, physically get well physically get fit and lean so that I could lead worship in the way that I knew God had asked me to. It costs you, doesn't it? And so there are times when we resist. But part of the divine enablement means that we can do it in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we have to be wise and we have to be smart. So for me teaching, say, for example, one of my, I, I was going to tell you some of my gifts tonight just so that I know, I want you to know I know what they are there. Um, faith, leadership, teaching, um, knowledge, gifts of knowledge, guidance and administration discernment they're those kinds of gifts so i have to steward those gifts which means i have to be responsible for those gifts i have to make sure that i'm not going to be exhausted all the time that i'm ready to go so today i this is gonna this is cost me to do it i'm and i'm cool to do it i'm excited to do it it's what god's asked graced me to do and but but it will cost me and so i've rested a little bit i've prepared for it i did some study this morning i rested got well and I've put time aside to do that. So, yes. But here's my prayer for you, Chris, is that, um, <laughs> that you just, even when you're not feeling like it, bro, you get you get to do it anyway. And watch the grace of God make up for your own lack of willingness. And I know you will because you're an absolute servant, mate. We love you to bits. Oh, Chris is a great mate. Do you think God supersedes our gift in a desire? Pray for healing sometimes. Just prayer for healing sometimes just isn't what is planned. Do you think God supersedes our gift in our desire? Mm. Do you think God supersedes our gift in? I would, I would say God does supersede our gift in and our desire. Prayer for healing sometimes just isn't what is planned. Yeah, I mean, there's times where we can all be very. Legis we can all legislate our lives and we can all order our lives. I think this may be what you mean. And then what happens is God will interrupt us and cause us to be spontaneous. Happens to me all the time, especially if I'm with a group of people, especially if I'm in, um, if I'm in shops and stuff. I'm looking for an interaction with people all the time. I'm looking to be kind. I'm looking to be a blessing to people. Why? Because I love to do that. And there's some days where I don't feel like it, like Chris is saying, and I still have to do it. And I feel that nudge to go and do it. And I feel that nudge. Like I, was, like I said to you the other day, Chris, we were praying. And I was praying for you the other day. And I probably should have passed on the message that I was praying for you that day. But I, I kind of forgot. And so I, I wonder if God sometimes redirects us in, in a certain way so that we get to do what he's asked us to do again. I hope that makes sense. I'm not sure I totally understand that question. I'm not sure if I've answered that right. But if I haven't, mate, write another question and I'll have another go. Uh, Janine, brilliant. J9, how's it going? When I'm speaking in tongues, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I can just do it. But what is going on? What an amazing question. What is going on is the, the scriptures teach us that when basically the spirit intercedes for us or prays on our behalf, and it says, I forget this, where it is exactly, but with words and, and groans that it's, not able that we cannot express so what's happening is the spirit of god within us is helping us to um pray and and the bible says that tongues is the gift of tongues is for two reasons the first gift of tongues which is um what most people have this gift of tongues when they receive the gift when they receive the baptism in the holy spirit they receive the gift of tongues which enables them to intercede and pray and it's for your own personal strengthening so there's been times in my life and you're probably the same j9 where you've just felt really heavy it's really difficult and i just go to praying in tongues because i might be so overwhelmed or i'm so sad or things are so difficult i don't know what to say anymore i'm so struggling with what to say i just end up praying in tongues and 
sometimes they get a sense about what I'm saying, but I've never asked for an interpretation of what I'm saying. I just pray and then pray a little bit in English, then pray a little bit in tongues. But I try and pray in tongues every single day because there's so much going on in our worlds right now. I often see like the 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 tongues is like um like a pressure valve release, and somehow as we as we pray out in the Holy Spirit, um, our spirit is lightened. It's the best way I can explain it. So if somebody's come towards you praying really loudly in your ear in tongues and they say they're praying for healing, we always used we we when we get to do public ministry again, we're gonna to talk to our prayer teams is people don't need you yelling at tongues in them. That's not what it's for. Prayer, your private prayer time is is for tongues. The public and Paul goes into great lengths about this in Corinthians, is public meetings are for so that we can all understand what's being said. And so what happens is we shouldn't use tongues publicly when we don't know what to say in the sense of we shouldn't pray for somebody um, like super loud in the way they've come forward for prayer. And it's a really delicate moment. We just yell out our prayer language at them and send them off. That's really insensitive. That's not what tongues is for. Tongues is for our own edification. It's better that when we pray for each other, we pray in a language that's simple, that's basic, that's it doesn't have to be long prayers, but it's just it's just um, appropriate to that person who um, is in front of us. In the same way, I don't know if you've had it before. I'm not. I don't. I get quite nervous around huggy people. Um, I'm not a massive hugger, and uh, and there's some people who just don't take social cues. You know what I mean? And there was this one guy at this one conference. And he was like handsy, like super handsy. And I, I was really like, mate, you're making me nervous here, dude. Just back up. Like, have I given you the impression that I want you to, you know, do this stuff? And um, and sometimes it can be like that when we, 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 when we have a spiritual gift, we want to flex it all the time. You know what I mean? Woo! Can speak in tongues? Here I go. You know, it's like, no, that's for you privately to strengthen and edify yourself. So, yeah, what is going on? That's basically what's happening is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is is um, helping you pray to God your Father in a, in, uh, in, in a way that you're, you couldn't do in your natural language, which is English, I believe. I hope that makes sense. I just usually blow it out in tongues when I'm afraid. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's your Holy Spirit kicking in. That's beautiful, mate. I love that. I've done that myself. I resonate with that. He's interceding for you. That's what's happening. If you look in scripture, what 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 tongues the personal prayer language is for is to help us. Who knows what we're saying, eh? Wouldn't you love to know that? This is a true story. I had a friend, have a friend, who was given like supernatural Spanish. Ready? And she could trans. She was translating for people. She did. She didn't learn Spanish. She was speaking in kind of like a tongues type thing, translating for a speaker who was a Spanish speaker. And she would finish sentences before him. Can you imagine? She was just given a gift of Spanish. She's amazing. She is amazing, though. She's one of those people. She got. She also got her legs broken by pimps for standing up for prostitutes. So she's hardcore. She's one of my heroes. Oh, we should get her on one day, man. She'd blow your mind. But the, see, this is what happens when she, she just follows the Holy Spirit and she just trusts the Holy Spirit and she just, and he does miraculous things. Uh, this is a belter. Have you ever thought you had a particular spiritual gift too soon to soon realise that maybe you don't? Um, I think it depends on your personality, mate. I gotta be honest. I think it's Duncan, right? Or it might be Emily. I'm sorry, which one it is? But uh, yeah, I think um, the way I'm wired is I'm going to earnestly desire them all. I'm like, I'm going to go run as hard as I can. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna run as hard as I can and ask for them all. And then there'll be a time where maybe I haven't got it like I've got a measure of mercy. But then you get around super merciful people and you go, oh, yeah, they're actually much better at it than I am. But I still have the Holy Spirit to help me 
I just know I'm not super gifted in that way. And I think I can't remember if I've ever thought that um, I haven't got spiritual gift. I think I definitely haven't got spiritual gifts of like, um, I definitely wouldn't be on the mercy edge of things. Um, Although I love people and I want the best for people, but the way it comes across (laughs) is not necessarily in a mercy gifted way. But it doesn't mean you don't you don't love people, right? And I want to encourage you with that. So maybe you don't have the thing that you want. Maybe you should pray for it. But maybe, like it says in that scripture we just looked at, it's the Holy Spirit's um, impetus to give you what He gave you. And so, so here was what I'd say to you: If you, what do you know you have? And we're going to talk a little bit about that towards the end of this. And if you know you have that, what are those gifts for? And how are you using them? Because if the Holy Spirit gave you them, he gave you them for a purpose. He didn't give us the gifts for no reason. He gave me a leadership gift so I can lead. Do you know what I mean? I got to lead something. I got to stand in the front of something and pioneer because, because that's what he gave me a gift to do. And here's the thing. Even when I try to hide it, it comes out so I second week, me and Sam were at Sandy Lane under 14s and Sam was learning to play football. Honest to God, he was just bossing it second week in. He thought he was coach. By the second end of the second week, the coach said to me, would you like come and help us coach? <laughs> Never like met the guy twice. He could see something of a coach on my, you know, like a coaching thing. And it's really interesting because it operates your holy, your spiritual gift oper- and your grace operates at all times if you allow him to we don't save it for church crack on in the in all the in the, in all areas of your life so maybe have you ever thought of reason? yeah maybe but i don't worry about it too much i've just thought about the things that i have got and try and concentrate on them that's just my personal story anyway uh... I know some people who feel like classes because they don't speak tongues. Um, how do we teach moving in the spirit? I'll read the rest of it in a well-rounded, helpful way. I think you have to do two things, Chris. I think you have to say, look, exactly what you said. You are not a second-class citizen um, without speaking in tongues, without um, speaking in that heavenly language, some people say. But at the same time, let's study it. Let's pray and let's see if it be, might be something that you'd like to have in the future. Yeah, there's something powerful in the Greek that we miss in the English that grace and gifts are from the same root word. It's why some people call them grace gifts because there's a, grace is a divine enablement as well as uh, mercy is to uh, we've been forgiven for what we deserve, what we've done wrong, what we deserve to happen to us. And grace is the divine enablement to go and live like Jesus has asked us to. Right, and so their gifts are to help us to continue to live like Jesus has asked us to. Ephesians chapter two says, um, "If you've been saved by grace, it's not anything that you've done, so nobody can boast." Because basically, and at the end of that couplet says, "Because there's uh, there's works that God has planned long and long ago for us to do." There's a setup, a divine setup that God wants us to step into. And so when we know that we're empowered and equipped in certain ways, we begin to sort of train ourselves or go looking for training. If you're if you're a prophetic person and you're a prophetically gifted person, you need to find at least any maybe God hasn't put you directly in a prophetic community, but you need to be listening or teaching or being around people who are strongly prophetically gifted who can speak into you in that way. Leaders hang out with leaders. I hang try and hang out with leaders who are older than me wiser than me smarter than me why because i want to be one of those things just because god's gifted me in a certain area doesn't mean that i'm not going to have to work and 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 cultivate and grow in that gift so i hope that helps chris yeah there was one more question this is uh yeah yeah oh a few more <laughs> uh oh, a few more here we go uh this is mum how should we ask for a particular gift or is it up to those who determine what gifts we should receive i would say both and what scripture teaches both it says um Corinthians chapter 12 says that we just looked at um, it is the spirit it's the Holy Spirit who decides what gifts we get and so you know but it also says eagerly desire the spiritual gifts so I think it's both and 
Um, but I, what I would say is if you if you don't get what you want, like keep asking. And then if you don't get what you want and you keep asking and maybe it comes to a point you say, why, why well, Lord, what is it you want me to do? My personal conviction is that um, people who want to get all the spiritual gifts sometimes, it's just a little bit unhelpful. It's not all about, it can't, I've, I need to show my weakness so that other people can show their strength. So, I'll I'll bust on my dad today. My dad's I sent my dad something uh, wrong on an email, and he's more administrative than me by miles. And I say administrative in terms of like details. I'm not a particularly details person, and so what we what my dad says, well, you need to get some help with your administration. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Everybody who knows me says that. Anybody who knows me and Claire says that. And at the minute, that hasn't transpired, and it's okay. But I'm not going to pray to be a great administrator because I know that God's not gifted me to do that. I'm going to pray that we, we can at the right time under God's leading, we can work together with somebody who can bring a great structural sense to the organization. And we're going to trust God on the timing of that. And we're going to trust God on the person because God knows in advance what we need. And so we've been in church for a long time and we know that there's often a space in an organization that the leaders go, I wish we had such and such a thing. And that's what leaders do. We recognize a deficiency and we recognize where we need to see something that God needs to do. And then we pray because we know if we end up trying to do it all ourselves, we forfeit the need for a community. I'm telling you, I do not want to do that. I do not want to be the one man church guy who puts the chairs out, takes the offering, preaches, you know, does the rotors and the newsletters. Them days are long gone, man. We don't need that stuff. You know, we need to be doing the thing that God's called us to do. So yeah, you can pray for uh, a particular spiritual gift, and at the same time, if he gives you what he gives you, you can ask for another one. But at the same time, I I find it fun to recognize other people's gifts um, and to get to know people and find out what they're good at and what they love to do and what the grace of God is on their life. So you'll even see this in worship leaders. <clears throat> we have a, we're super blessed to have a ton of different types of worship leaders at King & Company already. And me and Naomi will be, on the exhortational leadership, prophetic, fiery end of things. That's what we do when we lead. And then Gina, who's just a sweetheart. She's so sweet. She's a much more inclusive. She's kind. She's more gentle and fun. And let's have party. And then there's Grace, who who leads when she leads. It's super. The the power of God in terms of the intimacy, the sense of God in the room, what she brings is amazing. And I genuinely believe that. God wants all of our churches to be able to, you know, there's space within teams and within churches for each of us to step forward and bring the strength that God has gifted us to do. The Avengers is the model. The Avengers is the model of uh, we're all together. We can defeat things and do things, but we don't. We don't need Tony Starks. We don't need Iron Men. We don't need people trying to do it themselves. We need people who play team. So I hope that one was helpful. Uh, let's see if there's one more. Give up slash no, it isn't forefront of Christian's language. How do you decipher God's no versus your own? Mm, that's a great question, mate. <clears throat> Give up slash no, isn't it the forefront of Christian's language? Yeah, boundaries. So, mate, listen, we probably need to do a whole hour on boundaries and how we all need to learn I'm with a life coach at the minute. She's a spirit-filled like believer, but she's also dead smart, done a load of sort of John Maxwell training and loads of other things like that. And she said, Matt, you, you just need to learn how to, what did she say? She needs to learn how to protect yourself. She said, you're not afraid to go into hell, but you need to come out sometimes. <laughs> Which is like, oh yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so there's times where it's a shoulder tap for me. Uh, I, how I decipher how God's no is, is when I find I get into, Claire and I call it, and it's a popular word, but we call it toil. Toil, not time off in lieu, is, is where something, there's no grace on it. There's no blessing on it. There's no, I'm not good at it.
hate it, keeps me up at night, bothers me. I've got a few things that I'm like that as. And because of my personality, I'm quite often likely to double down and prove to myself or to somebody or imagine who's not even, you know, to some imaginary person that I'm, <clears throat> that I'm, I'll show you, you know. And um, so that, that strength of determination can also be a weakness when I need to just throw my hands up and go, God, can't do this. Um, so the no, I think, is how do you decipher God's no versus your own? Well, you know, your own no is usually based on fear, isn't it? And anxiety. I don't want to do what God wants me to do because I'm afraid. So you can think of an example. You know God's gifted you to teach, but you're afraid to teach because you had a bad experience last time you taught. Well, it's easy to decipher which one's which. But what I think we need to learn to do is put more understanding on, put more emphasis on God's ability to do something through us. Yeah, we don't always have a good theology of mortality. Some things need to end and that's okay. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. And and um, I had to, we had to end something to start Kingdom Company. And so that was a, Massive learning curve for us. For us, the 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 great strength of um, God will often put us in a place where we have to learn to trust Him. So, do we trust His yes for us? Because there's certain things that are always yes, like community, like holiness. There's no like. Do you know what I mean? There's no there's no two ways about that stuff. And then there's certain things that are not yet. And there's certain things that are definite no. And yeah, Chloe, you're exactly right. God's no's are only to nudge us to a better yes. Um, yeah, we haven't got time. I would share a lot of personal testimony about that. But there's a lot of things that I wanted to do, which I haven't got a chance to do. And I've been, I've been confused by that because it looked like those things were going to happen and then it just didn't. But, um, but I have to believe and I've seen it as a pattern in my own life. I'm sure some of you have on here as well is you know that the Holy Spirit is something better for you up ahead. Acts 16, called banging on about it. Paul is trying to plant a church in Asia. He's trying to plant a church in Bithynia. And the Holy Spirit says, no, shuts him down twice. And he's confused. And then he has a dream. And a man from Macedonia says, come over to Macedonia. We need you. And basically, to cut a long story short, he meets Lydia, who's a businesswoman who opens up her address book and, and just opens up Europe to him that he ends up planting Philippi, Philippians, the church in Philippi, church in Thessalonica, and I think a church in Corinth, which is where we get those three, the, three, the three books of the same name. But it's also the reason that you and I are talking about Christ tonight is because Paul went to Europe and he didn't go to Asia. Isn't that amazing? Paul's failure to plant a church in Asia means that you and I tonight are talking about it in uh, 2020 because Paul was the first person to preach the gospel in Europe and plant churches there. I love that. Who knows what your screw-ups, <laughs> what your screw-ups that God's going to use and make for good. Isn't that powerful? Uh, let's see if we got, I think we might have one more question. How, do you would, how would I describe your experiences of the Holy Spirit? I don't know what that means. How would I describe your experiences of the Holy Spirit? I don't know what that means, sorry. Um, so... How do you know what gifts you have? Well, um, we're going to be doing a webinar on Wednesday night. We've got quite a few people booked in for it already. It's free of charge, totally free. And um, we, I'm going to do a little bit of a, of, of a little bit more teaching, a little bit more specific teaching, and then we're going to walk you through an exercise of how you can, under your own motivation, in your own time and at your own speed, begin to maybe access or find out what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are in your life. It's not, it's not science, okay? It's a spiritual exercise, which means that there's plenty of room for interpretation and that there's plenty of room for you to grow. But I do think it's a helpful webinar because I've used it myself and it's been really, really effective in helping me understand what the Holy Spirit has gifted me to do in this time of my life. Have my spiritual gifts changed in their strength? Yes, they have. Can you grow and develop in spiritual gifts? 
Yes, you can. And you'll notice that everybody in Scripture who carried on did grow in their spiritual gifts. Um, Paul, who is, you know, an apostle, he spent 13 years waiting to plant his first, first church. But if you watch him work throughout that, he blazed the trail throughout the Middle East eventually because his gift began to improve his ability to pick smart leaders along the way. Do you remember he made a few mistakes? And you're watching a man who's laying hold of his gift, the grace gift in his life, and he's running with it. And so, yeah, we'd love to, you know, I'd love to invite you to, um, you can use the web link, and the links in Instagram there, you can use the, it says sign up for a group. And then if you sign up for it, if you click on that link, you'll see, I think it'll drop down and say Holy Spirit webinar. <laughs> and it's a little experiment that we're trying where we're going to try and use this system to tackle some big issues and even more detail. So it's be like a bit like a small group on Wednesday night from 7.30, maybe to about latest 8.30, latest. And uh, we're going to pioneer it. We've never done before. And we're going to walk through an exercise where we can find out and ascertain and then you can go away and figure that out and work with us and then then we we can chat a little bit more if you want and then we can help you what i think is most important is once you've identified them is that you begin to exercise them you begin to exercise those gifts you begin to serve other people in the areas that god has gifted you grace gifted you to serve so last time i did a test was in september 2019 and um, my, I had quite a few gifts that are do, using this exercise that were are quite tied. They're quite similar. They're quite strong in lots of areas. I'm really strong in lots of areas. Why? Because I've been a Christian since I was seven. You would hope that I would be strong. It's okay to be great at something. I want to say that to you. It's okay to be really gifted. It's okay for you to sometimes stand out a little bit and it can feel awkward and that's what a lot of us Christians are really more worried about than we are about being insignificant we're actually more concerned about um, standing out and being seen and being good at something but we have to lay hold if you've got if you've got a great measure of faith and you believe in God for incredible things You've, you figure that out by using this exercise that we're going to go through on Wednesday night. Then to whom much is given, much is required. It's powerful. Um, you should be great at some things. You should be like a hundredfold person in some things. It's totally good for you to do that. And we want to pour petrol on that fire. We do not want to pour water on that fire. We do not want people playing small and hiding away and being intimidated by church culture that says you cannot, you cannot be great at something. Yes, we need to learn to be humble. Yes, we need to behave like royalty and understand that we are carrying the name of the King of Kings. But at the same time, we can do so with lightness. We can do so with joy. We can do so with like, I, I flipping love this. Uh, my greatest joy, I think, in life is when people get to the place where they can say to me, I was born for this. This is what I was created to do. And when I look back over my life, this is, I'm coming to the stage of life where this is part of what I was created to do. And people are like, are you, what, are you, like, honestly, I know there's lots of things that don't make sense to a lot of other people. But we, me and Claire, are, we're loving it. And I want you guys to know what that feels like in whatever it is that God's called you to do. What did God create you for? Where's your sweet spot? Where's the moment where your toes are over the edge of the diving board and you're like, I cannot wait. I am so pumped about this. This is the thing that I was born to do. Is not your reward to just sit in church and nod and smile and give 10% of your money. There's much more for you in the kingdom of God than that. And so my job as a pioneer, as somebody who pushes through things, that's my gift, is to push through some of that apathy in you, is to challenge you to want for more from God and to reach for more from God, knowing that he does not disappoint us. So let me pray for you. God, we pray for everybody. Holy Spirit, would you stir up that gift 
of uh, stir up the desire for them to want more of you, God. Everybody who's listening tonight, that you would stir up that gift of faith to reach for more for you. That Father, Holy Spirit, just breathe on dry bones, metaphorically, like that things that have been told that they cannot happen, Lord, breathe life into them. And so we pray for Kingdom Company would be a church and would be a community where people are operating in the bullseye of all that you've got for them. In your strong name we pray, amen. Sign up for the Wednesday thing if you want. See you soon.